Welcome to this quick telehealth Q&A. There are lots of new telehealth consultations happening recently and lots of questions being asked about it. Let's quickly answer a handful that hospital doctors have asked MDA National recently. MDA National is publishing this podcast to help doctors deliver video and phone consultations safely, enhancing telehealth outcomes for patients. Dr. Francis Polignac will be answering questions for us today. You've been doing telehealth and teleteaching for over 10 years, Francis. Yeah, you're right. I've been doing telehealth for a long time. Mm. Since COVID-19, it's about providing a safe alternative for both patients and practitioners to undertake consultations. Yeah. Um, Can I include a patient's carer or relative in a telehealth consultation? Absolutely. In fact, it's encouraged in many situations. Some patients may be unfamiliar with the technology or have a disability and may need assistance of another party at their end of the consultation. So just remember to document who is present at both ends of the consultation and the patient's consent for their involvement. Can you help with advice for pre-surgical assessments via telehealth? And if you can, what are obligations to offer patients' treatment options aside from surgery? Patients need to have the limitations of telehealth explained to them. That is, you can't do a physical examination. And they also need to provide consent to a telehealth consultation. So an information brochure about telehealth pre-surgical assessments will probably be very helpful for you. Mm. Not all patients will be appropriate for a telehealth pre-surgical assessment, so consider having a screening questionnaire for your particular surgical cases. You may want pictures of the patient's condition sent to you securely so you can assess what is happening for the patient. It's always appropriate to offer treatment options aside from surgery, and this is always a part of informed patient consent. And it's important to check the patient's understanding of what has transpired in the telehealth consultation and request their feedback, both positive and negative. Um, What are the implications of not conducting face-to-face physical examinations as follow-up post-procedure and instead doing them by phone? So... What happens if there's a negligence claim later? Physical examination is an important part of many consultations, but it's not always required. So if you document and take a thorough and detailed history, and if you have investigations such as pathology results or diagnostic imaging that support your diagnosis and you communicate this clearly with your patient, you'll get through. Post-procedure, you'll be looking for defined potential complications and working through these via a thorough history and any additional investigations, you should be able to confirm or exclude most without a face-to-face consultation. But if you remain concerned, you can ask the patient to attend for a face-to-face consultation with you or ask them to go to their GP if that's more convenient. And then by communicating with the GP about your concerns, you can minimise the risk of potential negligence claims. It's about matching the patients to the service. And quite often the GP might know the patient better than you Mm -hmm. and will be able to coordinate care on your behalf. Also, post-procedure, you might have allied health professionals involved that can report back to you on physical examination findings. But if that's what you're relying on, just make sure you document that in your notes. Right. Um, How does a doctor need to manage patient rehabilitation at home? So from a medico-legal perspective, so we're querying tips for safe rehabilitation at home rather than in a hospital bed. 
Yeah, patient rehabilitation at home is really common. Personally, my mother-in-law did all her post-knee joint replacement rehabilitation at home with no other input and had an excellent outcome. Actually, I think her surgeon forgot that she was 78 years old and lived alone, but she did very well. If the rehabilitation is more complicated, then it may actually be related to a chronic condition as defined by Medicare. And then the patient's GP can do a team care arrangement and involve home visits if required and allied health home visits as well. I know private health insurance companies are covering telehealth extras and hospital substitute treatment at home. So remember, GPs are very good at keeping people at home and away from hospitals. (laughs) They are. Um, If I use my personal phone, what do I need to consider? Well, you need to be familiar with your workplace policies and systems because they may actually not want you using your personal phone. Mm. And your personal phone is your last resort if no other communication alternatives are there. Really important, do not record video or audio of the consultation, but do make good clinical notes in the medical record. Mm. If you've had photos on your phone, you must delete them after saving them to the patient's health record. Okay. Really important that you don't have auto backup or auto social media uploads on your phone if you're going to use it for consultations. And also really important to have a PIN to prevent unauthorised access to your phone. We certainly recommend blocking your number if you're using your personal phone for telephone consultations and making sure that your phone's got plenty of battery life. (laughs) Plug it into a charger if you need to, nothing worse than it failing. Mm. If you're using an internet platform on your phone, you might need to turn your phone data off and use Wi-Fi. If you're undertaking telephone consultations only, don't take any other calls whilst you're doing those consultations. Okay. Uh, Would you like to make any other final points for doctors regarding telehealth, particularly those new to thinking about delivering medical care this way? Sure. If you're new to telehealth, just remember to relax, be yourself. Communication is the key. Really important to keep good records and you must document that it was a telehealth consultation in your notes. Stay up to date with Medicare's requirements and actually read their information brochures so you know the rules and then you won't get into trouble should you be audited Mm. later. The technology will fail at some point in time, so have a backup. Have the patient's phone number and a backup plan. Also, MDA National has a telehealth toolkit. It includes some resources related to privacy of the platforms that you may want to use, and you can search for that on the website telehealthtoolkit at mdanational.com.au. All right. Well, thanks uh, so much for answering those questions for us, Francis. No worries. Great having a chat. (laughs) And finally, MDA national members who have a specific medico-legal query, please email advice at mdanational.com.au or free call 1800 011 255. The content of this presentation is generic information only and it doesn't account for health requirements of any particular individual, nor does it account for particular facts relevant to any legal, financial or workplace issue. MDA national members need to contact us for specific advice. This presentation was published in June 2020. Thank you listeners, medical practitioners around Australia and your colleagues for your time, uh, efforts, ongoing learning and contribution to the community. Music